Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what's going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cothran, and today we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. So rather than get into a lot of fluff, I'm just going to get straight into the action. But first, I'm going to make sure that I mention that, uh, unfortunately, Travis Whitlake, a former Cowboy All-American, was in an unfortunate accident this past weekend at his home in Oregon. He um, was working on his pickup truck, and uh, it fell off the lift, and it, seems like it sounds like it crushed his leg, and... Um, Gave him some pretty severe injuries. He's going to be okay uh, in the long term, but his wrestling career seems to be over. There is a GoFundMe that has been set up to help cover some of the medical expenses. Uh, As you may know, Travis's father is a wrestling coach, and uh, they're a massive part of the wrestling community in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, of course, spending five years in Stillwater, he's a massive part of the Cowboy family, and uh, we want to make sure that we show our support and take care of him. Just an unfortunate circumstance, and definitely thinking about him and his family and uh, hoping for a, a speedy recovery. And want to make sure that uh, I get the word out to um, Cowboy fans to help uh, support his recovery here. So, um, definitely thinking about you, Travis, uh, appreciate everything you did for the, the pokes. You're a cowboy legend and, um, hope you're back at it, uh, quickly. So, uh, with that, uh, bit of unfortunate news out of the way, we have good news on the Oklahoma state wrestling front. The pokes went to North Carolina, and uh, into a hostile environment, sellout crowd for the Wolfpack, their biggest crowd ever, and really put it on the program forum Raleigh. Uh, all 10 matchups were ranked, uh, well, except for 197. Uh, so I guess nine, nine of the matchups were ranked, uh, and just some really big upsets for the pokes in a couple of places and uh, solid wrestling all the way across the board took the wind out of the sails immediately with Troy Spratley going out and getting the 7-3 victory over Jacob Camacho Uh, Spratley got to his offense a bit better Um, his scores were off of reactions Uh, so he uh, was in tie-ups and Camacho would try to make a shot and Spratley used his length to uh, shuck by his um, opponent and get behind him a couple of times, which was great to see him have that confidence to know that he can hit that move. We've seen him hit that move a lot in his uh, first several matches and then in freestyle as well. He's really effective in that position. Uh, something that he was doing that was interesting to me was immediately going for that crab ride. Um, He would try to get boots in and then surprise his opponent by getting him into some kind of cheap tilt. Uh, Camacho didn't fall for it. Um, Camacho, in spite of his 
losing four of his last five matches. Uh, still a really high-quality wrestler, somebody I'd probably expect to be on the podium this year in a very volatile 125-pound weight class. But uh, against his next couple of opponents, let's. I'm interested to see him continue to work that move and see if he can score some points off of it. Um, he's looking for bonus points, and he was doing that in this match too. It's just uh, wasn't quite able to execute, but um, Spratly's got an interesting mentality, and, and he clammed up a little bit in a couple of his matches against Volk, um, against uh, Caleb Smith, um, he acted a bit too late in that one at CKLV. Um, but if we see him have that confidence, which after beating a guy like Jacob Camacho, he should have that confidence to go out and uh, make big things happen with those types of uh, creative wrestling styles. So I'm excited to continue to see Spratly develop there. Uh, Dayton Fix back in the lineup. Uh, so obviously we saw him against Wyoming. I know Coach... Smith said that it was a bit of a disappointing match for Dayton, but coming off of injury, wrestling a former teammate, somebody he's obviously wrestled a lot before, um, didn't. I mean, he won that one 8-3, so it wasn't too disappointing, but uh, I know Dayton wants to score as many bonus points as possible, and that's what he did in this one. He's wrestling All-American Kai Arini, uh, a long, strong wrestler, somebody that um, Dayton's... Not necessarily struggled with. He hasn't struggled with really anybody in the past except for um, really fast wrestlers like Vito Rougeau and RBY. But um, Arini is somebody that ha- has the potential to, to wrestle a tight match with Dayton. And Dayton comes out and um, really just kind of lays it on. Arini gets the 11-3 major decision doesn't really give him an opportunity to, to get anything going and uh, is working multiple positions, able to uh, try for his signature move. And when that gets a little bit stifled, he immediately goes to something else. And that development of, of chain wrestling, I mean, obviously it's Dayton Fix. So, um, you know, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So seeing him... Just continue to add things to his arsenal has been really good and, and impressive and fun to watch. Um, there was some speculation after this past weekend that Fix might be looking to go down to 125. This speculation has come up every single year, and it really makes no sense for him to go down to 125 for the team. you got Spratly, a freshman, uh, looking like he could be a podium contender 125 is wide open so um you know that's a is what it is if you can get to uh podium points from Troy Spratley which is something that they're expecting then why would you have Dayton move down he may be a national champion but he also may be a national champion at 133 pounds and uh, while I'm confident Reese Whitcraft can score points there it's it, it just doesn't make any sense for the team. Um, I don't understand the speculation at all in that regard. And then 
uh, with Olympic trials being a month after NCAAs this year instead of just two weeks, um, Dayton has time to make that cut down to 57 kilos. You know, the, the line has always been that I don't have that much trouble cutting weight. I don't have a lot of issues there. Um, we know that's not true. Um, cutting down your body to 125 pounds uh, when you're probably walking around closer to 140. Uh, Dayton's very militant about these things, but at the same time, um, there's no way that's an easy cut. Otherwise, he would be at 125 all the time. Um, but uh, I think that he's confident that he can get down there uh, in the month allotted. And you can tell that he's doing some things to um, improve his position at 133 pounds while uh, being on a bit of a descent, right? So uh, it's interesting conversation, but I think that anybody making that speculation is just trying to get conversation going. Uh, I don't think that it's serious. Uh, so that's the last I'm going to do addressing it. I don't. It doesn't make any sense that he'd go down to 125. Um, moving on to taking Jameson. Uh, boy, this is a disappointing matchup here for Jameson um, against Ryan Jack. He uh, had a the lead. You know, he was up four to three in the final seconds against Jack when Jack got a takedown on the edge of the mat. Um, that gave him a match. A uh, little bit of a frustrating officiating thing happening there where Jameson was off the mat, was touching the, the wood, But being at the edge of the mat, touching the floor, um, that's out of bounds. I called it out of bounds a few times in favor of NC State. Um, Jameson didn't get that benefit, and it is what it is. Uh, we're in their gym. It's ACC officials. I, I'm sure that they uh, have no love lost for uh, Coleman Scott. Um it kind of is what it is. It's a, I, I, I like Jameson in that rematch if it happens at uh, Kansas City. Um, you know, it's it, coming off of an injury, um, still favoring his uh, uh, left side there. Um, you, you definitely uh, expect him to get healthier and perform well in this these next couple matches. Uh, to kind of get back in those winning ways. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, I, I like him in the rematch. Uh, just an unfortunate set of circumstances there. Uh, Jordan Williams taking on Jackson Arrington. Um, hate to say this, but it's kind of what w was expected in the preview there, uh, in, in that preview episode. Arrington is a really strong, long wrestler, uh, somebody that um, is consistent and uh, solid in all of their positions, and Williams really struggled against him. Um, you can tell that uh, Jordan hasn't necessarily spent a lot of time in the weight room, 
in his time up to getting the still water, all of that stuff. Um, I was unfortunate to give the bonus points back to NC State uh, that Dayton got because it's tied up the duel. Bonus points before the match were worth gold. So Dayton getting bonuses was a massive win, giving them right back at 149. Jordan's better than that. Um, And I think that uh, everybody knows it. I'm still not super concerned about Jordan Williams moving forward. I think that for him, a lot of it's confidence. If he's able to keep his confidence, keep his cool, uh, use the resources at hand when the big lights are on, that's when Jordan Williams really shined in his high school career. He really performed well in big stages on big environments. So we'll see what happens. I think you roll with Jordan Williams for this season. Um, I know there's a lot of speculation about Sammy Alvarez and all of that stuff, but Sammy got pinned by the guy that Jordan Williams beat from Wyoming. And I think he run with the young guy. I think Jordan is going to have high highs. His lows are going to be kind of low too. But I think it's going to even out over time. I think you pull him from the lineup right now that that's uh, going to be bad for his confidence. And I, it, it doesn't uh, seem like it's something that I would uh, encourage. But at the end of the day, I'm not a wrestling coach. I know nothing compared to uh, the guys that are up there and that are making these decisions. If they feel that uh, replacing him in the lineup is the best thing, then that's what's going to happen. But I think that Jordan... Uh, has the talent to go do big things, especially at this weight class that, quite candidly, um, doesn't... I mean, Jackson Arrington is really solid. Ridge Lovett from Nebraska and Caleb Henson from Virginia Tech are really good. But behind that, behind that top three, there's just not a lot of... Really good talent there. Um, there's a lot of pal- parity, a lot of guys that can break into the top six, top eight, top 12. And I think Jordan can be one of those guys. He's got the talent to go out and beat um, Casey Sudersky from Iowa State or uh, Dylan DiAmelo from Ohio State, uh, uh, Caleb Rathjen from Iowa, right? So... I think that uh, uh, you you just need to roll with him and let him take his punches. It, it's going to be frustrating, but uh, all that experience is stacking up for him. And by the time he start when he gets a, a big win, could be this weekend, could be in a couple weeks. Um, he's going to accelerate, in my opinion. So. Excited to see what happens with Jordan, for sure. Um, then you move into 157, which is a massive highlight from the evening, uh, where T. Travis goes out and gets the 7-6 win over Ed Scott. He got a couple reversals. 
He iced the match. He got a takedown. He wrestled really well against the number five wrestler in the country. Um, all, uh, an All-American, a guy that is, is really strong in all positions. Um, I know some national pundits went out there and said, you know, Ed's got always loses a match like this, but he doesn't do that on his home floor and in front of that crowd. Um, and T. Travis really just, he went out there and wrestled a great match. And I got some text messages afterwards that was um, saying that nobody's going to outwork T. Travis. Um, he, he could be down by 12 points. And his opponent needs to be careful because that kid's going to be coming. So I think we're just seeing the start of the T. Travis era here. I think they found their 157-pounder. Uh, I think that the future is is looking pretty good with him. Uh, and again, another weight class that is pretty open. Um, you can't tell me that T. Travis can't hang with Vinny Zerbin from Northern Colorado or uh, um, Ryder Downey from Northern Iowa, right? Or heck, Jared Franick at Iowa. Um, we saw White Sheets hang with Jared Franick, and we saw Cade Gefeller hang with Jared Franick, and he's the number two wrestler in the country right now. So I think that um, we're seeing the, the start of something special there with Team Travis and uh, I, I'll admit, I was I was wrong. You know, he was slated as a 141 pounder. Um, I didn't see how he was going to get in the lineup if uh, he was going to stay at that weight. And um, 149 pounds, same thing. There's just there was too much talent, and he uh, took the challenge and got up to 157. And here we are, beating the number five guy in the country. So awesome to see that. I'm glad I was wrong about Team Travis. He looked special against Ed Scott. I think that's a that's a huge signature win for him. And after that, uh, it really changed the trajectory of the duel because you're tied up. You're going into halftime. Was expecting to be down, and then expecting everybody else to step up and do what they needed to do. And um, after that, it kind of took some pressure off, you know. Isaac Olenek goes out and gets his 8-3 to decision win over A.J. Kovacs. A bit disappointing for him, and you could tell he was disappointed. He got a couple of takedowns taken away that would have made this a major decision. Um, again, some questionable officiating there, but um, yeah, it's, it's a win. Move on to the next one, right? Um, works well for Olenek. Uh, Braden Thompson getting a big win in sudden victory. Are in tiebreakers against Alex Faison. Um, got him in a cradle and turned him over at the very end of regulation, which should have been a uh, made it a win in regulation. But uh, unfortunately, they waved that off as well. Um, ended up going to tiebreakers. Faison, fifth year guy, really tough. Has been waiting his turn um, to be in a starting lineup. And Braden was able to. Get that win over the experienced guy. He's really turning it on here in the spring semester. 
Dustin Plott with the 13-8 win over Dylan Fishback. Um, pretty methodical here from Plott. He uh, looks so much more comfortable at 184 pounds. He's um, wrestling strong. He's quick. He's uh, good in all of his positions. And uh, going and beating the number five guy in the country in Fishback was handily, you know, a 13-8. Big win for him. Um, and at this point, the duel's locked up. So, um, you know, mathematically, I think he would have had to get pinned twice to lose. And Connor Doucette's not going to get pinned. So instead of sending out Luke Serber against Trent Hyde, they sent out Jersey Rob, who got teched. Um, I think, again, this kind of shows that prioritization on health. Serber. Uh, Probably wanted to go and wrestle the number two guy in the country, um, but uh, probably better to slow play it, let him take his time coming back. Um, you're going to get two tests next weekend. Let's just go out. We've got the duel in hand. Let Jersey get some experience against this guy, get a feel. And um, took his lumps. Not much to say about that. Uh, Jersey Rob, um, I think he's going to end up being pretty talented in the long run. But against the guy like Heidley, um, that's a tough go. And then Connor Doucette picks up the 2-1 to one decision in uh, regulation. Doucette, much more aggressive in this one. He was actually getting to his offense, trying to make things happen, create space. And he looked really good. Um He's number 11 in the country. You know, stinks up on you for sure. And uh, um, just win. Just go out and win, Connor Doucette. And that's what he's been doing. And uh, he's definitely going to have a much tougher weekend um, coming up, which we'll get into right now. So the folks are heading to Appalachia to take on the Pittsburgh Panthers and West Virginia Mountaineers this weekend. Uh, Pittsburgh will be on Friday night, tonight, the 12th at 6 o'clock Central on the ACC Network, which is um, ESPN Plus is where you'll be able to watch that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, ACC Network is on ESPN, so uh, that would make a lot of sense. But uh, this should be a good duel. Pittsburgh's ranked number 17 in the country. The Pokes are up to number 7, according to Intermat, uh, which is the rankings I'm going to continue to use here. Um, the uh, dual rankings have the Pokes at number 7 and Pitt at number 17. Um, <clears throat> nine out of 10 matchups in this one are ranked matchups, considering it's the starters who go. And uh, there's some pretty good matchups in here. Troy Spratley, number 19 now. Uh, taking on Colton Camacho, uh, who's number 28 in the country, uh, junior, uh, also out of uh, Connecticut, I think. But um, <clears throat> Camacho's having an okay season. Um, Spratley should be able to get a win here. Uh, Dayton Fix, number three still, taking on Vince Santanella, number 18 in the country. Um Again, should be able to handily pick up a win here, potentially get bonus points would be the goal for, for Dayton. 
then you have a premier matchup at 141 pounds. You have uh, taking Jamison, number eight in the country, taking on Cole Matthews, who's having a bad season. He's eight and eight on the year, and he's all the way down to number 27 in the country. But uh, Matthews was an All-American in 2021, uh, was a popular national champion pick there. Uh, gosh, I guess it was actually 2022 in the Detroit championship. So somebody that people thought could come up and potentially win a title at 141 was having an awesome season. And then last year had an awesome season, fell a little bit short of all American status, but, um, definitely somebody who's very competitive nationally. And, uh, even though he's having a rough go of it so far this season, he's definitely going to be a threat for Jamison. It'll be a big win if he can pull this one off, uh, especially as we get one week healthier, all that stuff, come back off that Ryan Jack loss, um, would be really good for taking to pick up a win here, but it's definitely not going to be an easy um, matchup. Matthews is uh, really uh, solid in most positions, um, and uh, Jameson's going to have to wrestle smart and uh, maintain his strength here in this one. So um, that's going to be a premier matchup to me at 141 pounds as we continue to learn more about taking Jameson. 149 pounds, Jordan Williams is number 21 in the rankings. He's taking on number 26, Finn Solomon. Uh, Solomon is uh, um, having an okay season um, against common opponents. Williams has the advantage. Uh, um, don't know much about Solomon. Uh, it's going to be Interesting to see how this one pans out. I think that um, if Jordan wrestles the type of match we know he's capable of wrestling, then he can get a win here. It'd be a good one to bounce back from the Arrington loss, kind of like, and get back in the winning ways, kind of like with Willichell there. So um, curious to see how he performs in this one. T. Travis um, gets the only unranked wrestler in this duel. It looks like he's going to be. Uh, Jared Kessler. Uh, Kessler is a um, redshirt freshman, eight and nine on the season. Just not really having a, a very good year. Um, has some head scratcher losses for sure, and, and tends to give up bonus points. So if Teague uh, gets on his horse, he should be able to score some bonus points for the Cowboys here. Um, 165 pounds, you've got uh, Isaac Olenek has a really tough weekend ahead of him here. He's number two in the country, but he's taking on number eight against Pittsburgh, Holden Heller. Uh, Heller having a great season so far. has been really one of the breakout guys at this weight, but he's also in his uh, sixth year um, with all the COVID and everything, j just like Olenek. Uh, he transferred from Hofstra last year and ended up in the round of 16 um, where he actually lost against Olenek uh, getting injured in the second period at NCAAs. Um, he, I guess against each other, uh, Isaac has won twice now. Once at Hofstra and then last year against Double A's, um, Heller on the season 
has only lost to Julian Ramirez and David Carr. Um, and has some pretty good wins against guys like Jake Logan, uh, Isaac Wilcox. So uh, expect Isaac to get the win here. Going to be a really tough matchup uh, um, for sure. So uh, excited to see how this one pans out. 174 pounds, Braden Thompson, uh, number 28 in the country still. Didn't move up after last week uh, in intermatch rankings, but um, he's taking on number 15, Luca Augustine. So this is an opportunity for Braden to uh, get a good ranked win. Uh, Augustine's 8-2 and two on the year uh, in his redshirt sophomore season here. Um, has some really nice wins against guys like MJ Gaetan, um, definitely uh, going to have to wrestle your best match here if you're uh, Braden Thompson to pick up this win. Um, I know that in the radio show, Coleman said that uh, Thompson's starting to mix in some of the offense that he hasn't really shown a ton of throughout his career, but offensively, he's uh, pretty crafty in tie-ups. So uh, being a pretty strong 174-pounder, this is an opportunity for him to um, pick up a, a win against a, a strong opponent in Augustine. Again, moving up the rankings here would be really great. Uh, Dustin Plott's taking on number 12, Reese Heller. Heller is a Redshirt Jr., just like Plot, uh, also transferred from Hofstra with his brother. Um, was having a pretty good season up until the last three matches. He's lost two of three. He majored Will Feldkamp of Iowa State, but got teched by Chris Foca of Cornell and uh, pinned by Tristan Wills of Little Rock, a former Oklahoma State wrestler there. So um, all of his losses are by bonus points here. Uh, it seems like he's capable of getting caught, and uh, if Dustin is um, able to keep his focus, he should be able to pick up some bonus points here as well. Um, let's see here. Next one's 197. I think we're going to see Luke Serber back. Uh, uh, this time he's going to be taking on Max Stout, who is number 15 in the country. So this is a top 15 matchup between these two guys. Server's number 12 in the country. Um, Stout's 11 and three on the season. He's a retro freshman. Um, had an okay retro season when eight and four uh, this year, he's looking a lot better. His losses are to uh, top 10 guys, Jacob Cardenas, Jackson Smith, Michael Beard. Um, so definitely, uh, going to have to wrestle. It is a tough matchup for Serber coming back. I'm excited to see him get back on the map, though. As y'all know, a uh, big Luke Serber fan, so excited to see him uh, back in the lineup, and hopefully he can pick up a big win here over Stout. Um, then you've got a massive test for Connor Doucet. He's taking on number nine, Dayton Pitzer. Pitzer's a redshirt freshman who uh, had an awesome redshirt season. They re they used him all five matches there, and he picked up some 
really big wins over the likes of uh, Hunter Katka of Virginia Tech, um, Colton Schultz uh, from Arizona State at Midlands, uh, Nathan Taylor from Lehigh. He majored him. Uh, so um, really, uh, really, really solid wrestler here at heavyweight. This season he's 8-2 uh, and two on the year. Um, his losses are to Grady Grice and Navy, who is the wrestler that kind of knocked Arduset out of the CKLV. And then he lost 6-3 to Younger Bastida of Iowa State, but otherwise has been uh, looking really good. Has a big win over Luke Luffman of Illinois, uh, Seth Neville's Nathan Taylor. So uh, having a good season, but Connor's having a great season as well. Um, this, this is going to be a tight match. All of uh, Pitzer's matches have been really tight. He, he has one pin, one major, but otherwise it's been two to nothing, four to three. Uh, a lot like Doucette uh, here. So um, big, big test for Doucette. If he wins this one, he's going to launch himself up into the top nine, which is uh, where you want to be at this point in the season for sure. So excited to uh, check that out and, and see Doucette uh, continue to progress. So that's Pittsburgh. Definitely expect the post to pick up the win there. Probably going to be in that uh, like 28 to uh, six type of range. I'm nervous about a couple of them. Um, we'll see how Jamison does against Matthews and Williams does against Sullivan. And then uh, Thompson's the other one that I'm a little bit nervous about. So um, I think that all three are capable of picking up wins. Uh, I don't think they lose all three. I think Jamison is likely to get a, a win. Um, but should be a really fun duel regardless with all these ranked matchups. Then on Sunday, the Pokes are heading down to Morgantown to take on the Mountaineers from West Virginia. It's at noon on Sunday on ESPN+. Um, West Virginia has really been resurgent. They're having a really good season so far. They've picked up some really good dual wins. Um, they have some wrestlers who have really stepped up and, and been uh, really good for them, particularly at 141, 149, 165. So... Uh, big test for those Cowboys coming up this weekend. Um, for the rest of them, uh, I'm, I'm really interested in 125. Uh, Troy's Bradley taking on uh, Jet Strickenberger. Strickenberger's unranked on Intermat, which is really odd because he's had a couple of really good wins so far this, this year. He's 9-2 on the season. Um, his losses are tough uh there to uh tyler klinsky from Ryder and a d3 wrestler from north central iowa at midlands and then he lost to conrad hendrickson of oklahoma six to four but um has picked up some good wins over brandon kaler of oregon state against uh steve opulin uh against tucker owens so uh he's he's a bit up and down he's a juco national champion i think this is his um, junior year um, won a national title there at North Idaho College at the NJCAA's last season so uh, and I think he's a runner up the year before so um, he's a really talented wrestler 
Uh, Spratly definitely has uh, to get his offense going against this guy. I think that's probably where he struggled against a guy like Hendrickson, who um, pretty stout wrestler, um, as we saw against Spratly. If he wrestles his fundamentals, he should be able to pick up the win there <clears throat> for sure. Um, Dayton Fix taking on David Rhodes. We've seen this one before. Dayton pinned him in under six minutes there last season. Um, definitely expecting more of the same there from Dayton. Work that inside trip, uh, put him on his back, score bonus points. Um, highlight match here, uh, 141 pounds. You got number eight versus number nine, Tegan Jamison taking on number nine, Jordan Titus. Um, Titus has uh, really had a breakout year. Last year he was a national qualifier, had a 19 and 14 season. This year he's 15 and 0, and his uh, scoring bonus points in about 16, 60% of his matches. Um, hasn't hit anybody quite as talented as Jameson, though. Uh, hasn't wrestled anybody in the top uh, 20. Uh, the closest is OU's Moshe Schwartz, who was injured in the first minute of that one. So, um, Definitely the first big test here for um, Titus is taking on uh, Jameson. So uh, would be a big signature win here for Tegan uh, if he can get uh, that one going. Uh, and again, if he goes 2-0 this weekend, then he'll get himself back on track, uh, making up for that Ryan Jack loss. You also have a massive matchup here for Jordan Williams taking on number 8. Uh, number nine, uh, Ty Waters from West Virginia. True freshman has been on fire this year. He's 13-2 and two on the year. Um, his losses coming to uh, um, <clears throat> another freshman at Midlands. And then uh, Willie McDougal uh, from OU and Caleb Henson. Uh, from Virginia Tech, Pence is number two in the country. McDougal and Williams are pretty close. Uh, they're much different wrestlers, as pointed out in that Bedlam preview and, and review. McDougal's a little bit more uh, technically consistent. But um, uh, Waters has some good signature wins here against top 15 guys like Canyon Webster of Illinois. Um, <clears throat> Corbin Munson of Central Michigan. Uh, Tom Crook of Virginia Tech. So, you know, it's definitely um, going to be a, a tough matchup here for Williams. He's going to um, look if he's going to take risks on offense and he needs to score points, right? Uh, he, he gets caught. He gets discouraged. That ends, to, that ends up being a match a lot of the time. Um, I think if he brushes off the disappointments, then he'll have a little bit better time here. But this is a big test. It would be a big win for Williams for sure. Um, Team Travis taking on Caleb Dowling. Uh, Dowling having a, a decent season. Hasn't broken into the rankings yet, but he's 8-4 and four on the year. And uh, um, has a couple of uh, decent wins out there. Um, but some, some interesting losses too. Uh, Travis should be able to uh, take care of this one um, without much uh, consternation. Isaac Olenek 
big, big test here against uh, Peyton Hall. Peyton Hall, number nine in the country, um, 18-3 on the season um, in his wins. Peyton Hall has one match that has not finished in bonus points, and it was a loss to Ohio's Garrett Thompson <laughs> back in November. Uh, the rest of his matches have all been uh, tech falls, falls, major decisions, including his losses. He lost to uh, uh, Gaetano Console from Duke. Uh, he lost to um, Dean Hammity, 12 to nothing. So if Olenek um, is able to work that single leg, um, don't let Paul in on your leg because he is a pinner. And somebody that definitely is always looking for back points and throws. We've talked about this before with Peyton Hall in the past. But um, if Olenek wrestles uh, the match, we know he's capable of. He should win this one. And if history is correct, then it'll be by bonus points. So uh, it should be a fun one to watch. Uh, Peyton Hall is an All-American in 2022. He finished eighth in the country. So um, excited to see that one. That's probably the match of the duel if I needed to pick one. Braden Thompson is going to be taking on uh, Brody Conley, uh, redshirt freshman, fourteen and three on the season, um, number seventeen in the country. So again, for Thompson taking on number fifteen, number seventeen, this is a good chance for him to launch himself up into the top twenty of the rankings. Conley, really, no signature wins on the season. hasn't really ha- He hasn't beaten anybody in the uh, top fifty of the rankings here. Um, best win probably against Garrett Ninehouse, who's the backup at OU uh, behind Piccolo. Um, got a medical forfeit over Justin McCoy in Virginia, who's probably the best wrestler. He's wrestled, but he lost to him 11-6 to earlier in Midlands. Uh, beat Peter Acciardi from Cal Baptist. I, I just... Not much to take here from West Virginia's schedule so far. It's they've they've been solid, but I guess you know their their good guys haven't really faced a ton of uh, resistance here. So uh, for Thompson, got to be locked in. Got to come in and beat Augustine on Friday night and uh, Conley on Sunday. And uh, launch yourself into the top 20 of the rankings. That really changed your trajectory on the season uh, after starting off kind of rough there. Um, should be fun to fun to uh, uh, take on that opportunity. Dustin Plott's going to be taking on Dennis Robin. Uh, Dennis Robin is number 32 in the country. Broke into the rankings. He qualified in 2022, his redshirt freshman season. Uh, 2024, he's back into the starting lineup and, uh, 12 and four on the season. Um, same, same kind of thing here. He hasn't really faced a ton of, uh, quality competition. He's lost to those he has faced Shane Ligel from Wisconsin, Sam Wolf from Air Force, uh, Trey Munoz, he, he lost to him eight to four. And then the guys that he's been able to beat, um, 
Giuseppe House uh, from OU. Um, yeah, so not not really a ton of uh, uh, opportunity is is really what it boils down to against Dustin Plot. Don't expect him to fare very well. Definitely expecting Dustin to uh, pick up a big win there and potentially get bonus points as well. Uh, Dustin did beat him last season uh, by major decision, twelve to three. Um, Luke Serber back in the lineup taking on Austin Cooley. Um, he majored Austin last season, fourteen to five. Um, should be able to see see more of the same this year. Uh, Cooley seven to seven on the year, not having a very good season. Um, so definitely expecting Luke to get back into his winning ways and uh, pick up some bonus points there coming off the injury. And then you've got Connor Ducent taking on um, Michael Wolf Wolfgram. They've wrestled three times now, and uh, Ducet's won all three, uh, three to one, three to one, and then pinned him at Big 12s last season. So definitely expecting Ducet to pick up the uh, win here over Wolfgram, who is unranked so far this season, which is a bit surprising. Um, don't see the pokes facing much resistance here. You've got those three uh, number nine ranked wrestlers in Jordan Titus at 141, Ty Waters at number nine, and Peyton Hall number nine at 165. Um, you know, definitely um, hope Williams can pick up a win, and if he does, then I think it's a shutout for the Pokes there in at West Virginia, but uh, um, should should be a fun duel to watch regardless. Again, it's on ESPN+. Plus, so, uh, big weekend for the Cowboys. Um, nice road trip to get some... Uh, Big test for some of the young guys here. Um, keep an eye on taking Jamison, Troy Spratley, Jordan Williams, and Braden Thompson probably having the biggest weekends here. Um, Isaac Olenek has some big tests, but he should be able to pass those and maintain his number two ranking. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Again, make sure to go um, give what you're comfortable giving to the Travis Whitlake uh, fund. Again, thoughts to him and his family as they go through this time. And then um, we'll be back next week to discuss what happened in these two duels and then get ready for the um, Oregon State duel uh, in Stillwater there on the 21st. So uh, lots of fun stuff coming up and uh, looking forward to it. As always, go Pokes, and we will talk to you next week.